Welcome to episode 21 of the Half Point Per Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined once again by co-host Dalton Willie and producer Johnny Pham. And the trade deadline is approaching, guys, whether it's this week, like our leagues, or over the next few weeks. It's about time to get those offers out. If, if you've got guys you need to move off of, have a win-now trade you need to make, um, trading for a guy to stash, if, you're, if you have that ability... Time is running out it is at least over the next couple of weeks. So we figured since both of our main leagues or trade deadlines are this week, we're going to get a trade deadline show out there today. And basically what Dalton and I are going to do is we're going to run down five trades that we'd make for the deadline. And obviously we'll tell you if it's a trade away guy or a trade for guy, but fun show today, probably some, some hot takes. And I'm curious, I'm curious who Dalton's top guys are. I feel like there's a kind of a consensus out there, but also, there's a lot of different ways you can probably go at this trade deadline. But Dalton, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday evening? I am doing great. Uh, I'm still confused by the weather. It does not seem like it's winter yet. Uh, I'm no longer confused who our president is, despite <laughs> erroneous claims floating around the internet. Uh, so there is some clarity, and I hope to bring a little more clarity here tonight on who you need to get rid of and off your roster and who you need to get on your roster. Speak for yourself on the weather. I woke up this morning cold enough I had to turn an electric blanket for like three minutes before I wanted to get out of bed. I did not have that. I feel bad for you. <laughs> Johnny, how's it going, my man? Oh, it's going good. I'm just uh, a little skeptical with why Dalton is saying his day's been going so great, but not going to mention what uh Oh, no, we're, tra- tra- transpired. We're, no we're talking about this trade off the top. Um, All right, let's get we're, into it. We're, we're doing a great, yeah, we're doing a grade the trade. I'm not going to name the person who we traded with, um, but let's just say in one of our leagues, Dalton is eight and one. Is it a fraudulent team? We'll we'll let the people in our league say whether it is or isn't. But Dalton is eight and one. He's been riding the Mike Davis train. It's been a pretty good train for the most part. Um, the Christian McCaffrey fantasy manager is three and six after back to back wins. And Dalton traded him, Mike Davis and Jarek McKinnon for Christian McCaffrey. And I'm getting out in front of this. That's an F minus, 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 minus. That might be the worst trade I've ever seen. Johnny, what's your grade on this trade? I don't think for I For both even... sides. Dalton's an A plus, clearly. F minus the other side. No, an A plus with an asterisk next to it and just the other trade. I just feel disgusted just trying to just trying to rationalize or like grade it at all. So that's here I here I am in that league getting trade offers for my running backs that include defenses, and Dalton can trade for Christian McCaffrey with two guys who are probably gonna be backup running backs in at one week, if not two. I'm not. I I'm not feel like I should be allowed to come in and defend myself. Just a no, bit. you should not. Actually. Let me first say, for the sanctity of the league, the initial offer I received was Mike Davis for Christian McCaffrey, and I said no. And so at least I included Jarek McKinnon. Uh, oh, wow. Secondly, the, the honor that you have. <laughs> secondly, <laughs> I went through, and because I knew this was going to be a topic, I did do a little reading here and there. Uh, so I'll start with pro football focus uh, because they have an injury report. You mean it comes you, out every week. You mean the website that has Tom Brady as a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes right now? Anyways, they said the AC joint sprain could keep him out from one to three weeks. Cooperating that is pro football doc on his website who was the first person to say that he is not day-to-day when he was day-to-day and said that he will be out until after the week 13 by week and then you have to consider the owner that traded me 
is in route to not being the best team in the league. He only has three wins and he's trying to put some wins together to make his team competitive and to make the playoffs. So he had to sell. And we talked about this a little last night, Evan, but there's some context to the trade. And on, on flat paper, it's not a good trade, but the, the owner had to make some moves to keep himself competitive week to week. And sometimes you're just stringing those together. Yeah, well, okay. If you're going to trade McCaffrey, you're not going to get full value for him right now, obviously. But just thinking of your team off the top of my head, CEH should have a thousand percent been on the table. Um, and, and I'm again, not going to lie to you. When he offered me that, I was between giving him McKinnon and CEH, and I was like, "Well, we're just going to send McKinnon and see if he comes back." Yeah, like I, I would have at least had to have gotten CEH from you um, to consider that, e- even at three and six, because um, there's no like literally. Okay, first of all, I'm going to go ahead and just announce Dr. David Chow before we get too much further. That guy is garbage. Um, there's a reason why he's no longer an NFL doctor. Uh, so I'm not going to believe much of what he says, but even if McCaffrey, you know, won the three weeks. Okay. So this week that, that is one week. So you're without him for one week, you get Mike Davis for one week. Maybe you get him for two. Um, okay. Like what, like if you trade, okay. If you're getting Mike Davis back, that's fine. But McKinnon, I mean, Raheem Mostert is supposed to play next week. Probably not this week, but he will be back next week. And we all know, uh, I'll just get spoiler alert, 49ers running backs are my say of the week. They play the Saints this week. You're trading for a win, and you're trading for a running back group who it's Russian roulette with these guys every week. We've talked about it all season. You're trading for a group where it's Russian roulette. Tevin Coleman, I think, is going to be back, and they're playing the Saints. The Bucs were so scared of the Saints, they ran the ball an NFL record four times, a record for least amount of rushes. Well, the Bucks didn't run the ball because they weren't in the game at all to give them a little, a little credit. But well, I mean, just they, to, they, they could have run the ball any of their first three drives. I would have asked for more if I was a CMC owner. And if you're listening to the pod, don't make that trade. Uh, I'll say that right away. But I will say um, it does make sense if you're worried about McCaffrey and you think you won't have him through his bye. Then you're really concerned because his bye week's week 13, the last week you have to make a push. And if you're a team who's going to need to be in contention, you need to trade them away for players. I wouldn't trade them away for those two players, but I would certainly look for a deal with Mike Davis if I was that concerned. I'll tell you what. Um, I'm I'm in the same league, obviously. I would have traded Joe Mixon straight up for Christian McCaffrey, which is a way better deal than that. This happened without the guy going on the trade block. I have complaints. We'll move on. Real quick before we do move on, though, I wanted to just get your thoughts on... Um, on the situation, Mike Davis, where does he rank this time around for as long as McCaffrey is out, whether it's one week, three weeks, whatever it is uh, for me, he's probably still a top 12 play, but he's not like the top five or six guy that he seemed like he was for a little bit the first time around. Yeah. I mean, especially this week, he, like you said, he plays the Bucks, who we know have a good run defense. Uh, you add that in addition to Curtis Samuel. I'm not going to say he has emerged as a back, but he's gotten some really creative looks out of the backfield and that he, has he was, he was legitimately their second best player against the chiefs their day behind behind McCaffrey no doubt yeah and his his running back snaps have bitten a bit into Mike Davis's share when CMC was gone uh so those are two things to be concerned about he obviously has the receiving floor and just in general with the way running back is this year uh he, you know seven points sometimes is enough to be a top 24 even a top 16 week I think it would have been last week uh <laughs> which he certainly has the ability to be and get just because he's going to catch four or five balls every week that CMC is not there. Okay, and Christian McCaffrey, 
if you're trading him, I, I don't want to discuss whether or not you're hanging on to him or not, because we kind of addressed that, and it also just depends on the team. Um, what's the best player you think you could get back for, in a Christian McCaffrey trade? For me, I, I do think somebody of the Joe Mixon, maybe Nick Chubb, probably not quite Nick Chubb, but close. Well, I don't, Nick, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, like Keenan Allen, um, DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I think you could still make a one for one and get one of those guys back. Yeah, I think you could. Um, I don't know if I would trade for Joe Mixon if I had CMC because there's still doubt that Joe Mixon plays this week. Mm -hmm. uh, still sitting with that foot injury. But there are guys up there that, you know, if you can get um, this season, if I had CMC, I would really be trying to trade for Travis Kelsey just because there's such a disparity at tight end scoring this year. I think Travis Kelsey's in the lead by like 50 points to be tight end one overall. Um, but if Keenan Allen, you could get, I'll mention him later and talk more about him. Uh, maybe if you can get Hopkins, he's been a target machine, but get, you know, one of those top tier guys. I still think seems he's worth it because if he plays the last three weeks, which are the playoffs and you can have him on your team and your team that knows you're going to make the playoffs, he's going to likely, uh, help vault your team into a better situation. Mm -hmm. Well, this is just a reminder, check in with the owners, uh, in your league, uh, get get a pulse, especially like if they're in a situation where they have their back against the wall, they have to win. They might be very desperate and make moves that that you're not expecting. But okay. I know he was for sale until he was in my <laughs> inbox for the trade. So right, yes, again, nobody was. Which again, not happy about it, but it is what it is. All right, actually, you know what? I was gonna do do trades. I did have one more question. I did not put on the rundown because I wanted the. Want to just get both of your guys' off-the-cuff answer. This is a non-fantasy question, but just a football question. So in watching last Sunday's games and then the week before with Joe Burrow, it's just an exciting time for rookie quarterbacks right now. Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, all three of those guys are just incredible. I feel like everybody's had a take this week as far, you know, it's it's turned into pitting those guys against each other already. It took two starts for Tua uh, to get to this point. If you had to pick one of those three quarterbacks to have going forward, who are you taking? Okay, so I have a take here, and I know I'm the PFF guy, and PFF <laughs> thinks Joe Burrow is the best quarterback of that duo, trio. Um, I think that Justin Herbert is the best quarterback, and here's a couple reasons why. One, he's been uh, – he. I think I've said this before, but he might have the second most beautiful deep ball in the NFL right now. He is hitting – and he's hitting guys who aren't like big-name receivers who have deep threats like Guyton uh yeah with, his, his issue is a little bit in the red zone he, he's a little erratic in the red zone yeah well and that my next point was to be um the red zone issues with Joe Burrow that the Bengals are the 31st ranked team in red zone efficiency mm -hmm. um and that's where I think he's doing a little better I also think uh he's working with a worse coaching staff I was exposed to the take that Anthony Lynn is just another Hugh Jackson, and I'm beginning to believe it. If you watch the play, I don't know. Did you watch the play calling in that like, game last I week? I don't think he's a terrible coach. Like you, like they keep blowing these leads, but it just it seems like it's more the team's fault. It's two straight seasons. It's they well, went like, on a three and like, a half minute drive to get the ball into the red zone last week and couldn't score the touchdown because at one point they ran on first and 10 in their own 20 and they, they have to score they on that drive. They also had a guy drop the game winning touchdown and then they had, they let a wide open touchdown. Like what was it? As time expires, like with two seconds left against the Broncos. 
Um, and Burrow threw or Burrow Herbert threw an unfortunate interception in the end zone that kind of sparked that comeback as well. So I actually think Flynn. I'm not saying he's a great coach. I think he's an okay coach, and I could see him surviving this when maybe a lot of people don't think he's going to. Yeah, uh, I'm under the impression that Anthony's not a good coach. I mean, he's been there three years and three years. They've had a, you know, they've lost so many close games, and those are where coaching decisions make, you, you know, make or break it. The best coaches win at least some of those games. And I think if you were to split, you know, seven point margins going into the fourth quarter, the Chargers might not have a single win. <laughs> well, I would also like to, and maybe this will never happen in in uh, LA for the Chargers. I would like to give him like a, a somewhat healthy team for like four games in a season too. Um, so I'll come a little bit slack as far as that goes. But you think it's Herbert, Johnny? What's your take on on these three? Who who's your favorite of of these three guys? I I would say I like Joe Burrow. I I think I just like watching him play. Like he just just gets murdered out there he with his offensive, the offensive line. line of these three guys. There's no doubt there. But I think down the road they're going to improve the offensive line, and I just think he'll get better just by being in the system longer. And I I just don't really believe in Tua at all. I do like Herbert a lot. Really, you don't believe in Tua at all? No, I just don't trust the Dolphins. But the, the Dolphins I mean, are easily the best of these three teams. I don't know. I just, I just don't. The, like the Dolphins are going to be nine and three when they play the Chiefs. Probably <laughs> that'll be a good game. So okay, you're saying Joe Burrow. It's fun. I, I, I'm really glad it went this way. I'm saying Tua. We're all taking three different oh, guys, which number right. one shows you how good each of these guys are, and how it's pretty easy to have a different opinion. Uh, Obviously, he didn't have to do very much in his first game, and it's still earliest in his career for him. He's only played two games, so he's the hardest to judge. But as of this moment, uh, I'm going to be a little bit of prisoner of the moment and say Tua is my favorite of these three guys. Just I watch, you know, when the games are the late afternoon games, you get to watch a lot of those games. I watched Ooh. almost that whole game, and he flat out out he didn't out fantasy produce Kyler Murray, but he was the better player easily um than kyler murray he honestly you know what he looked like he looked like left-handed russell wilson Ooh, that's a hot that's take a, that's a comparison I, I, no i'm not saying that's what he's gonna be obviously <laughs> elite quarterback who looks elite is that what you're okay <laughs> let's let's, let's calm calm the jets there but <laughs> no i i mean he just like didn't make any mistakes and like he had that that little that little fade that little like touchdown um, from like the five where he like threw like a little back shoulder fade like that's just like a professional quarterback throw already. He yeah. was incredibly accurate in that game. He hit Parker especially on some in mm-hmm. routes that they had to be right on the money. Uh, well, I wouldn't he, pick Tua because he just doesn't have a big enough body of work for me to make that decision. I and I get that, but. It, for me, it's like he didn't make like any mistakes. Like there were just no mistakes. Like he was just flat out great. There were just like no no bad reads. Like you know no turnovers. Um, he just looked like he looked like a poised veteran out there. He made the winning plays. He and the reason why I say he looked like a, a little bit of a left hand Russell Wilson because he was moving around the pocket, delivering some nice nice stuff over the middle. But also, I mean, he had like two or three scrambles where it was like holy crap. Like I didn't think he quite had that sort of escapability and again well, I, off the hip injury too and taking those runs and i was gonna say i think people forget that he was the no-brainer number one pick you know burrow had a great season but i still would be curious who would have been number one pick had Tua not injured his hip because Tua basically everybody 
who covers college football was like, yeah, this guy's like the best college quarterback we've ever seen. So I, I will I, say I, and if he can stay healthy, he's my favorite guy so far. Um, adding two more players in Murray and Josh Allen, Chris Collinsworth asked the same question to Richard Sherman. Well, jo- Josh Allen's fifth on this list, but yeah, continue. well, uh, it's not going to be Josh Allen who I speak of on this. Um, but Richard Sherman actually picked Justin Herbert as his best out of the five, those five guys, which mm-hmm. I thought was curious. And I didn't really think, it was that way. I enjoy watching Herbert the most uh, so far. I just think he has this little X factor of hitting guys deep and just th- he chucks it. And as my love for Josh Allen has shown, I love quarterbacks who just <laughs> let her rip. Yes. I, I, I think I understand your type uh, at this <laughs> point. Um, and what make, what's even just more exciting for Tua is it's like I think the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs, and that's going to be a lot of fun to see what he can do in the playoffs. Do they beat the Bills? I think they're better than the Bills right now. Their, de- their defense is legit. Their defense is legitimately good. Their ever defense since, is very ever, good. Ever since I called them on DraftKings, they can't quit scoring touchdowns. That That is true. What was that, two <laughs> weeks now? Three touchdowns in two weeks. <laughs> and they should have had – they almost had a, uh, another touchdown against the Rams. The guy was tackled on like the one-yard line. But, okay, we can get back to fantasy. I just thought it was an interesting discussion. It's been dominating a lot of football talk this week. I was curious – I wanted to get all of us on record. We can obviously all change our minds. It's very early on all of these guys, but okay. Trade deadline guys. I want to first say off, off the top honorable mention is Antonio Gibson for me. I we've, I've talked about him so much the last couple of weeks. I didn't want to put him on my list. I just wanted to say that he has a very weak schedule. He has two of the bottom, like two or three defenses against uh, running backs coming up. He's a guy. Yep. He's a guy that I would trade for. Um, He's kind of fringe RB1, um, high-end RB2, and that basically is like him and like one or two other guys that you can count on in that range right now. So hard to find. Um, okay, Dalton, so give me your number five and uh, guy to trade for or trade away at this deadline. Well, I want to give my honorable mention, um, sure. and this is a, 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 some just desserts for me, and it's unfortunate, but it's a trade away, and his name is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. <laughs> he didn't quite make the list. I'm going to say a couple of things. First, since Le'Veon Bell has joined the Chiefs, he's the RB78 and has like 80 yards total. I don't know why he's getting the reps he's seeing, um, but CH has looked startable um, in account of some garbage time, t- well, just some TDs and some passing down work that he's got lucky with, and mm-hmm. I think it is kind of a crapshoot as to who's going to do well week to week in that offense. Uh, he's on his buy, so you can't get a lot for him, but I still think there's name value and it's the Chiefs offense and you can maybe sell him coming off of it. But he's my honorable mention for trading away. Um, my number five guy, he is a trade four. He is currently on IR um, and his name is Austin Eckler. So there is still no timetable for his return uh, and any owner who invested significant capital in Eckler is likely not doing so hot. Um, but in December, so I'm just going to, for we're forward projecting, I don't think he'll play much of November, if any at all. He plays New England and the Raiders, which are two of the bottom five teams in run defense. They've let guys go off on him. Uh, and if you get him in the playoffs, he is a guy who, he was tearing up the NFL when he was around. He was in a split duty with Joshua Kelly and still doing great. He is similar to Aaron Jones, where he only needs a 60% snap share mm-hmm. to be effective. Uh, and that offense is rolling on all cylinders. He has no tie rod to hold him back, uh, which was only one game, but still. 
you know, having Justin Herbert, that deep ball, the passing options they have, it could really open up less stacked boxes. And Eckler is still shifty. He's had a great elusive rating. He was 10th in the NFL in PFF before he was injured. This is in their week four report. Uh, mm -hmm. So I like him overall still. Mm -hmm. The one thing I worry about with Eckler is it's still a little bit unclear when he's going to actually be back. In the last report we heard on him, it you know it wasn't good. He wasn't close. So it could it could still be another week or two. He could still be out, you know, a similar length of time to what McCaff you know, who's gonna come first, him or McCaffrey? It could be the same time. Well, so, and like I said, I if I'm trading for him, I'm not planning to have him till December. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but, no, I I I yeah, it, it takes a certain type of team to be able to trade for him. But I do agree with you. And I am curious, since we just talked about McCaffrey, what you're willing to give up for for Austin Eckler. What's your trade? Um, I would give up a wide receiver too. Uh, I'll, uh, I'd give up Justin Jefferson for Austin Eckler. I would give up, let's see. I would give up Anto I might give up Antonio Gibson for Austin Eckler, depending on the situation. Um, cause I think if you drafted Antonio Gibson, you probably have enough guys on your roster that you still, he hasn't been your RB two. uh, Deandre Swift or JK Dobbins. I would probably give up for Eckler. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about. It. I'm not sure if any of those guys by themselves are going to be enough. Might be close. Gibson would be close. Maybe a guy like Daryl Henderson, or maybe even Ceh. Ceh himself might might not be a bad a bad I would swap trade there. for uh, Eckler. I would do yeah. that. Unfortunately, yeah, maybe, and maybe I don't know. Maybe like Jonathan Taylor be another guy. Yeah, kind of kind of in that range. But all right, I can see it. I can dig it. Uh, my number five, and this is probably kind of a hot take, especially after. Uh, what he divulged on national television today, uh, trade for Lamar Jackson. Uh, he failed to get to 20 points again against the Colts this last week. I think it was like 19. So it was close, but he hasn't topped 20 for a little while. It's only like three times this season. And those three games, have, it's like 28, 25, 25, something like that. So he's had a couple big games, but it's been consistent. We know the passing accuracy and just the passing game as a whole. And really just the whole offense has been inconsistent. Um, 12 of his 19 points came on the ground in the rushing game um, with yards and a touchdown the other day, but his schedule, I'm it's, it hasn't been the easiest the last couple of weeks and boy, it really opens up down the stretch here. Patriots, you know, Steelers are a tough matchup. Cowboys, Browns, Jaguars, Giants. The Steelers are really the only matchup that scares you. Maybe the Browns aren't great, but it's fine. It, it's like an average matchup. Uh a trade that I think could get you there, maybe like Josh Allen plus CD Lamb could. And I'm not usually one to throw to throw in another piece to upgrade at quarterback, but CD Lamb just scored a touchdown. Maybe you can sell uh, sell the other person on the hope of uh, Garrett Gilbert a little bit if he's going to continue to be the Cowboys quarterback. And I see that as an out of of the Cowboys situation uh, if if I have have Lamb. So somebody along those two guys' lines, I, I think I'd give up for Lamar Jackson. Lamar's a tough one for me. Um, and I want to start off by giving kind of like an overview. Quarterback this year has been insane. If you have what probably the top four guys, I think I sent you guys a tweet earlier, but Mahomes is outperforming his 2018 MVP season in fantasy. Uh, and he's only eight points ahead of Kyler Murray and 12 ahead of Russell Wilson and about 20 ahead of Josh Allen. And those guys really round out the top four by a pretty wide margin. Aaron Rodgers is underneath them by about 24 points. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so this year, if you have one of those top four play callers, you're winning weeks on their backs. And I, I, I do wonder if Lamar is capable of that. My concern um, in the same vein that you said he has a good schedule coming up is that his schedule might not be competitive enough to make him play the games the way you want him to, which is, you know, game breaking plays. New England, I think they're. They well, can I can tell you what, I'd rather have that than have him be losing. <laughs> so that, that is another fair point. Um, but I mean, he has really easy teams. It's just unlike other quarterbacks, he, he. I don't know how much passing work he's going to get in those games, and that would at least scare me. Now, if I could trade him for two flex guys, I would probably do it. And his owners probably aren't very happy with him. Uh, I don't think I would trade Josh Allen for him, just as as my point to that. Well, I know you wouldn't because we still have the outstanding bet as to who is going to score more points from whatever week we made that bet to the rest of the season. I need to go check on that, see where we're at at this point. Hey, Johnny, can you check what week we made that bet? And I'll check to see where we're at points-wise. You can get on that while we keep going here. All right, Dalton, who's your number four? My number four is uh, a trade four, and it is TJ Hawkinson. Um, so I said this a little bit earlier when I talked about Kelsey, but this year, tight end is an absolute trash heap in fact tj hawkinson is the second highest scoring tight end by like one point so not by a lot um but he's passes by he's fourth in tight ends and targets and with it being so inconsistent this year tj hawkinson is one of the few guys who's just giving you points every week that you can rely on and i don't know how much how appreciated that is from his owners uh you know he doesn't have a game under eight points which is difficult to to find and to get production in, the Lions aren't a good defense. They, they still trail, so they throw a lot. And end over end, TJ Hawkinson, we talked about him in the preseason. He's incredibly talented and skillful. So mm-hmm. he's a guy who you can trust with the ball in his hands. He is the second or third option in that passing offense, but he still gets his five or six targets a game, um, which is really all you can ask for this season. When it looks to you know targeting a trade with him, I think you could pull off something like an Amari Cooper for TJ Hawkinson. I think that rest of season, you'd rather have TJ Hawkinson on your roster. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Evan? I'm a little concerned with uh, the Lions and with Matthew Stafford. I get it's kind of been the same Matthew Stafford as always last couple of weeks as far as just like, you know, he'll do enough to get keep you in the game and then he'll make the killer mistakes. Uh, but the production just against some of these bad teams for Stafford hasn't been there. It has for Hawkinson, but I, just, I have a little bit of concern there. And I wonder, you know, Galladay being out, is it good? Is it bad? Whether or not he's back or not with, with for Hawkinson, it's probably bad because you probably want them to be able to move the ball and, and hope that Hawkinson scores touchdowns. So Galladay's health would maybe play a factor. I do agree, though, if you can get off. I, I mean, kind of in the same vein that I talked about CeeDee Lamb, if you can get out of the Cowboys business, I'm I'm totally fine with that. So if if that's the trade, I'm fine with it. But Hawkinson will probably just the tight end position in general isn't really a position I'm seeking out unless it's unless it's Kelsey. Um, it, like if I had Hawkinson, I'd probably would be trying to trade him and and upgrade at receiver or running back if, if I could. That makes sense. I uh, I just think this year uh, tight end is an absolute dumpster fire. I don't think it's ever been worse. I mean Zach Ertz hasn't played and was bad when he played and is the tight end twenty four on the season, which mm-hmm. is still questionable. Yeah, it it gets worse seemingly every year. Yeah, well, and George Kittle's still the tight end four. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, John, what do you have for us? You guys, uh, you guys made that bet on episode fourteen, so that was 
was it? That was on September 25th. So after after the week two of the NFL schedule. Okay, so week three. I'm gonna look and see where we're at right week, now. Week three and on. So we are not looking good on my end. Oh, but also Lamar's already had his buy. Yeah, Josh still has a buy. He has it. With okay, 11. so it's 158 rounding up for Josh Allen and 118 rounding slightly down. Points per game is 19.75 basically, so 22.5. So just need, just need a nice a nice big game from uh, from Lamar. A couple of those get get me back on track. Alrighty, that I think that's gonna be a pretty close one down the stretch. To be honest, that might be the closest one we have. Either that it might or be. The the Chubb the Chub versus Miles Sanders half of that bet is going to be pretty close, I think, too. We could just mix that because of how bad those two have been with injuries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens the rest of the way. If they if both of them get hurt again, then yeah, it might just be time to throw that one out. All right, so my number four, just tried to do it in the league, just got denied by our friend Brian Clark. Um, trade for DJ Chark. Brian, don't listen to this yet. I'll send you another offer. Um, his, he basically, he had a, I mean, obviously he's already broken out, but it was another kind of breakout type performance, uh, with the rookie QB, Jake Luton, uh, the other day, uh, he had seven for 147, scored a touchdown, had like a 70 yarder, like right off the bat in that game. Uh, I think you can get him for a good price for a couple of reasons. Number one, the new quarterback still very unproven. Uh, you could sell that manager on, Hey, that's probably as good as it's going to get, which that might be true, but entering week nine. <laughs> Shark ranked top 10 in red zone targets by wide receivers and fourth in contested catch rate. He's just a flat good player. He He's a very good receiver who, whether it's because of injury, because of Gardner Minshew, um, uh, various factors, has been up and down, has been frustrating this season. So it's very possible that that fantasy manager is looking to cash in after a good game from Chark and get somebody who's more consistent, more reliable for their team in their eyes. But I think Chark is going to be one of the guys you want on your roster down the stretch. And you know, looking at their schedule, weeks 11 through 14 specifically, uh, they play Pittsburgh, which you don't like, and Cleveland, which again is fine. What you really like, though, is Minnesota and Tennessee uh, weeks, you know, 13 and 14. So the playoff clincher and then first round of the playoffs. It, and it, in all of those weeks, I guess, three of those teams are in the bottom six and points given up to receivers. So he's got a nice schedule. He's, like I say, he's just a flat good player. And he's a guy I want on my team. And given, given the running back shortage, um, I don't know. Could you get him for, I thought I wrote down a trade for him, but I didn't. But I'm looking at a list right now. Could you get him for David Montgomery straight up? I think you could, depending on the other team. Uh, I probably wouldn't do that trade, but I JK, can see him. Like David Montgomery or like J.K. Dobbins straight up? Like I think you could get him for Dobbins straight up. Yeah, I think it depends on the roster of each team, but I think that's a straight up trade that's doable, mm-hmm. especially with the way Sharks um, – season I, had gone before yesterday and i think generally if you're trying if you're on the side of trading the running back for the receiver you're at a little bit of an advantage just because of the scarcity of the position so yeah dobbins if you're just looking at positional rankings you you'd take shark probably but i just because of scarcity i think you're probably coming from a position of strength anytime you're the running back side of that trade 
Yeah, and I will say Dobbins, or not Dobbins, Shark last week saw more catchable deep balls than he did all season with Gardner Minshew. Uh, it, it looks to be a great fit with Lutton in that uh, quarterback he can at, position. He can at least throw it deep, which for all Gardner Minshew has tried to do, and for all the fans he has, he does not have a good arm. So Yeah. Well, and it's still the Jaguars, and it's still the mm-hmm. Texans, so we still don't know a lot of what, what that looks like. The Texans do have a horrific sure. defense. But, For sure, but he has that, some horrific defenses coming up on his schedule. So, and the thing is, uh, Chark is losing Chenault at least for this week. It looks like mm-hmm. uh, takes away weapon their offense, and he's in he's an alpha wide receiver, and there's not a lot of those right now. Yeah, and I'm not sure losing Chenault really does anything good or bad for me because they're such different players. Chenault is kind of like the Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk type, where it's like you get him jet sweeps, you get him underneath stuff. Whereas Chark is like we we want that guy down the field making plays. Yeah. All right. Who's your number three, Dalton? My number three and listeners of the pod are going to be like, why? What is he doing? He told us to draft this guy uh, is Will Fuller, and he is a trade away. <laughs> uh, I would trade away Will Fuller if I had the opportunity. Here's a couple of reasons. I listened to Establish the Run this morning and Adam Levitan, who is known to have kind of an insider track with knowing which beat reporters to trust. Uh, said that a couple of Houston beat reporters have started to say there are rumors in the Houston organization that they would shut down Watson early this season uh, if their season continues to spiral out of control. Uh, Now, I'm not going to solely trade away a player on rumors. However, with no Watson, Will Fuller has no value. That's uh, pretty clear to me. But what really is is scary is weeks uh, 13, 14, and 15, where it goes Colts, Bears, Colts for Will Fuller. Those are incredibly tough passing matchups the Colts have like a top five passing defense we know the Bears defense is good uh and I know Will Fuller has got it done in some other you know negative situations but he also had a a zero ball against the Ravens in week two Mm -hmm. uh Will Fuller in half point PPR scoring right now is the wide receiver 14 that is with his buy and with a zero I think you can sell him and he has been a wide receiver one in a lot of ways uh, and he, you still haven't seen what people think Will Fuller is, which is a blow-up game of you know 30 points, and you can sell him as a guy who's finally healthy. And I'm not fully out of the you know out of the kitchen on the fact that he could get injured late in the season, get shut down. Um, so all in all, Will Fuller, I think he's near the highest you'll ever see him as a fantasy asset, mm-hmm. and I think that he's worth a lot to a lot of player teams right now. And you could trade him uh, for. A good back, you know, somebody I would do Antonio Gibson and, and you know, a, a CD Lamb for Will Fuller. I think that would be a pretty fair trade. Um, but he's definitely somebody who I would be trying to get away from if you're looking at trying to make a playoff run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't put him on my list because it's kind of low hanging fruit for me at this point. But he has touchdowns in one, two, three, four, five, six straight games, longest streak in the NFL. Uh, You worry about that sustaining, and if you've watched a lot of Texans games, some of those have been like, well, they're all legit touchdowns, but some of them are of the harder-to-trust variety, whereas it's like they're losing by three touchdowns and he scores with a minute and a half left. Or he he literally, you know, uh, JJ, is it JJ Zacharyson that always puts Mm -hmm. out the the retirement jokes? He put out like a, oh, I missed the Wolf Fuller retirement party joke at halftime because he was putting up a zero. And then all of a sudden, 77-yard touchdown. So those are kind of the 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 rides that I look to get off of. If I can look to get off at the apex of of the roller coaster before you head straight down the hill. Because I, I am a little bit afraid of what could come 
down the stretch without even factoring in the the Watson stuff because I'm not going to buy into that until it happens. And also, you know, Cleveland, New England, Detroit, those are all very winnable games for the Texans, so they could be five and six in three weeks and uh, and going all in for extra playoff spots that could be there. We don't know based on games getting canceled or not. So, and also, I actually think that, you know, I, I heard somebody talking about the Texans the other day, not in the same context. I, th- I think it was about whether or not, like, they should have traded Will Fuller. And some the guy was like, well, why would they do that? Why are they going to do that and make, you know, unless they get a first rounder, why are they going to do that and make themselves terrible this year? They don't have a first round pick. There's no, they're not tanking for anything. Yeah, my, I will my, say. Uh, we've probably seen the last Will Fuller. They probably make him play out the season. And you're right; their first round pick is with Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my Miami is going to be really freaking good in like two years. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I agree with you on Will Fuller there. So so my next guy is a trade away. So we both have our first trade away here, and not going to be surprised based on what we talked about last week. He's my LVP for a reason. Rest of the way, Ezekiel Elliott, trade away. He ranks, Dalton, do you have him as well? Ezekiel Elliott is my number one out of everything, and he's my number one. You know what? Okay, I'll I'll save my Zeke talk for your number one because I don't want to steal your thunder on number one. I'll give my number two. Uh, My number two is trade for Aaron Jones. He's been banged up this season. And it was kind of a frustrating week last week. Like you were happy to have him back, but like get down to the one yard line and these, you know, backup tight end and Devontae Adams, one yard touchdown. So it could have been a big day for Jones. It wasn't. They didn't really give him a chance on the goal line this week. But here's the thing you look ahead to the playoffs, and this is a, a trade you make if you're a team that is going to be in the playoffs, I think. He's got Detroit, Carolina, and Tennessee. Like that legitimately might be the easiest slate for a one of those top 10 to 12 running backs. Weeks one through four, he was the RB2 before his bye week right up there with Kamara. Uh, and then they have the bye week and then they get just massacred by the Bucks, and then he gets hurt. So he really, weeks one through four, really the only like long barometer we have for him this season. Uh, he had the huge blow up game, like 43, 44 points. After that, it wasn't he. He hasn't topped twenty points any other game this year, so I think he's got a chance. He, he might not have a, a game that big again, but I think he's still got some blow up twenty five uh, to thirty point games in him uh, down the stretch. I think he's got a great chance to be a top five running back, and you might not have to pay that if if that that fantasy manager had been waiting and waiting and waiting for him to come back. He puts up like ten points, and it's like okay, I I can't with this guy. I have to. I, I'm. I'm four and whatever, four and five. I, I have to win these next two weeks. What can I get for this guy? Somebody like the and the the trade that I have down, I have Josh Jacobs plus, and I have three different receivers. Mike Evans, Jerry Judy, and Antonio Brown. Those would be like those type, those range of guys. That's three guys I'd look to 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 fit in a trade with Josh Jacobs and, and bring back Aaron Jones. I think it's hilarious. Um, and maybe this this isn't consensus outside of our pod, but I agree with you in the evaluation of Jerry Judy and Antonio Brown are as <laughs> valuable as Mike Evans. <laughs> I know if other people, including people who I know who think, who I respect their football opinion, would highly disagree. But yes, I I like that. Um, well, it's like and- Ju- Judy's coming on, and Antonio Brown. Yeah, he didn't do a whole, none of those guys did a whole lot. Obviously, the other day, but it's like 
I still don't know how valuable it he's going to be down the stretch. I still think on the promise of of what he could be, and if someone's willing to pay me for the upside of a guy that I haven't seen yet, I'm just not that confident in. Yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah, um, and Aaron Jones is the magician that I cannot comprehend. Uh, I've, I went through it uh, next year. I'm going to rank him lower than he should be, and he's going to tell me I'm wrong. Uh, but I would trade for him this season. Aaron Rodgers is having not a career. He's having a career year. Um, mm-hmm. He's not just back to his old form. He's better than he's ever been, and that's been on the back of throwing the ball effectively to his running backs, Aaron Jones, and to Devontae Adams. It's really the Adams Jones show and everybody else in that offense. Uh, and at the end of the day, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to have another. He had one anomalous week to who was it? He scored 10 points on. Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but Aaron Rodgers only had one bad week, and I don't really see him repeating that this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And a- Aaron Jones, he was almost my number one. Uh, he, I, and as, as you can see, I leaned a little heavy on on running backs for, for who I want to trade for and these top two. Cause I think those got, you know, you trade for a game changer running back. That's the real game changer for, for your team down the stretch. Okay. Who's your number two. And then we'll both get to, to Zeke. My number two is Keenan Allen. Uh, it just so happened. I got to talk about Justin Herbert earlier. Uh, Justin Herbert has been an absolute savior for Keenan Allen's fantasy production because Tyrod Taylor was showing to be a destroyer of it. Uh, this week. Keenan Allen gets the Dolphins, and Keenan Allen is likely going to put up close to a goose egg because he gets Savian Howard. Uh, but after that, he gets the Jets, the Bills, the Patriots, the Falcons, the Raiders, and the Broncos. Uh, he has the sixth highest target share in the league. He ab- gets absolutely peppered with intermediate and short routes from Justin Herbert. I, I was going to say, before you get too far off of that, I, I was going to add, I'm looking at right now, week one, no, no Herbert. He has eight targets. So if you're looking at weeks where only Herbert has played instead of Tyrod Taylor and where Keenan Allen has played the whole game. So just take out the Saints game where he got hurt in the first quarter. He has not had less than 10 targets yet in a game that Herbert has played. Guaranteed volume, and he's a great player. Yep, and that offense is rolling on all cylinders. Defensively, they're questionable, but they score points every week. Uh, They somehow keep it competitive every week. As we've talked about, they just lose the game in the end. Uh, (laughs) There's there's not a lot to say here. His owner's probably pretty happy with him, but uh, what I wrote down actually was CEH Will Fuller for Keenan Allen is I think it's a trade you can sell, um, and those are two guys that I'd probably be willing to get away from. Uh, because CEH probably ain't going to do it for you to mm-hmm. to end out the season. Yeah, I, I, me personally, I would not make that trade, but I am not the best person to ask about Will Fuller. Um, I know. Tra- um, trading speaking for him, of, I wanted to check, are we at the six-week mark of him? Yeah, I don't know. Weeks? We're probably pretty close. Johnny's shaking his head. You need one more week. Oh, <laughs> against the Browns. Yes, against the Browns. Oh. Will Fuller, deliver me from this. I just checked because we haven't made a bet in a while. The last bet was from week 16 that DJ Moore outscores Robbie Anderson. That was the last uh, bet on the pod. Oh, well, last week really helped me in that one. The Chiefs game did. Week, week six, you mean? Not week 16. Yeah, week six, right? What? Week you six? Mean, no, my bad. I meant episode 16. Oh, it was the last oh, episode. So, like, about five, five so, episodes without a bet. That was probably like week four. Yeah, I'm looking at. Uh, that 77-yard touchdown, man. Otherwise, Will Fuller had a garbage game. I could have had it this last week. 
He was he was four for twenty five without that, or four for twenty three. Oh, it was close. Uh, but the seven, <laughs> and that's the Will Fuller effect is he has those deep shots that he gets every now and again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, my number one. Um, I know John knows who this is because he tried to trade for him. I was like, I don't really want to trade this guy. I'm going to talk about it on on the podcast, so you'll you'll see why. Uh, Nick Chubb is my number one trade for this guy, and and here is why. Number one. The Browns have already had their buy. So that, again, same with the Packers, same for a lot of these guys. That's a point in their favor if they've already had their buy. Uh, number two, I think this six, you know, five or six week stretch has, if anybody had any doubt on which running back was the better back, I think that should be put to rest. Kareem Hunt was pretty matchup dependent. And I would say probably a little disappointing if you had, you probably thought you were going to have a top five back for this month and a half. And he just hasn't, he hasn't been that he's been fine. He's like RB 11. So you, you take it absolutely, but just not quite what we all thought he would be. And here's the thing about Nick Chubb. The Browns have, uh, I mentioned uh, Aaron Jones for the playoffs for the rest of the season. I think the Browns might have the easiest schedule for a running back uh, rest of the way. He has Houston, which we all know what that Houston defense is capable of. Derrick Henry says, hello, 200 yards. Uh, Philadelphia, the Jaguars, the Titans, the Ravens, which you don't love, but it's, you know, it's fine. You can, you can survive that. The Ravens aren't the death knell that they used to be um, matchup wise. And then if you make it to your semifinals with Nick Chubb, you are probably going to win your title. Giants and Jets to finish out the season. And not that the Giants are a terrible defense, but, they're not great, especially in the run. Their strength is like Bradbury is great, a great cornerback. Don't have faith they're going to stop the run. And then especially if you make the title, you have the dream matchup against the Jets in your title game. So that's a point in his favor. I think, you know, I almost picked Chubb for my fancy MVP last week. Pick McCaffrey. He's hurt yet again. So if I had to repick it, I would pick Chubb. And Chubb was my runner up or like third guy. He, he was up there last week. Um I think maybe the Chubb fancy manager, either number one is probably desperate and hoping that, you know, for him to come back and be great or has managed to build a good team without him and thinks he can maybe upgrade at another spot in a trade. So I don't think he's like ungettable by any means. And it's funny. You talk about Zeke. I think Zeke still has value by people who haven't paid as close to attention the last, you know, five, five weeks since Dak has gone down. Could you get him for Zeke plus like a hot receiver like Christian Kirk or or T. Higgins? I don't think I would do that. I think there's some leagues where you could do that. I have an I have another couple trades that are more realistic if that doesn't work, but do you feel like there are leagues where that trade could could get done? I definitely think there there are leagues where you could trade um Zeke for Chubb straight up, even um because of name value alone. And I don't know if it's still – I know he practiced today, but it's still not a done deal that Chubb plays Sunday. Um, and if you're in a crunch situation, you kind of want to deal him for something of value to get you win back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the other trade – it's funny you mentioned Keenan Allen. The other trades that I wrote down that are more realistic, uh, maybe if you're in a, a little bit of a smarter league, Julio Jones or Keenan Allen. I think those guys straight up, depending on team construction, I think that's like the range of receiver you'd have to give up to get up Chubb. To, to get shoved maybe like you know hopkins too in that conversation the guys yeah and we still do have questions on chubb's role when they're d- down because cream hunt does kind of get some carries uh and you can play that up 
as a fantasy manager if somebody has to you know win three out of the next four or something to make it to the the playoffs so there's still uncertainty in his role because we just didn't get to see him in full action uh but it's yeah, also I mean, probably he, yeah he had, he had a bad week one and then got hurt week four so we've seen one bad game and then two great games uh that he's played this year yeah, so there's still uncertainty in what his role looks like when they're d- down, and you can probably sell that, especially when Evan just gave a little breakdown of his schedule. That there's a little uh, snafu in the middle of that for the first week of the fantasy playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the again very small sample, but really the only sample we have to go on this year. I'm taking out week one because it was a tough matchup, and a lot of these matchups are plus matchups. He was the RB three in that two week that little two week stretch, so. Um, I think he's going to be a top five running back rest of season. And I, th- I think he's a guy that, again, if you make it to the finals with him on your roster facing the Jets in, in the championship, I, I think you're in a great spot. Yeah, it's also a spot where the, suddenly the Browns could just, you know, completely <laughs> bottom out on you for no reason. But mm-hmm. yes, I agree. Uh, it looks on paper like a great setup for him to win a lot of people, a lot of championships. Mm-hmm. All right. Give us, give us your trade away. Give us Zeke. Uh, you went very net. You went, you know. Kind of with a with a little bit of a negative. I, I tried to go positive number one, but I want to hear the the negative uh, hot take uh, Zeke analysis here. Well, he's my number one because of name value, uh, to be honest with you. And you can even sell it as you're trading him because he's on buy. The thing is, Zeke is somehow still the RB six. He just got eclipsed miraculously by Todd Gurley, which is a whole nother conversation I want to have with myself <laughs> on how Todd Gurley is the RB five in fantasy football. Um, mm-hmm. But since Dak got injured, Zeke is averaging around seven points a game. He is now, last time I spoke about Zeke, he was 42nd in rush success rate. He is now 54th in rush success rate. The reason for that is if you're an opposing defense, minus the Steelers, who I don't know what they were thinking defensively, you can just put eight men in the box. And there's not a quarterback in Dallas who can hit his receivers effectively. Well, and, and, and they're missing both their tackles still. Yeah, so there's just no nothing trending positively that way. And then in the last four games since Dak's been injured, I question if whether or not there was a call from Jerry Jones to limit Zeke's snaps because they still think he's a bit of the future. He's played 65% uh, or less in the last four. He's played 70% or less of his snaps. Uh, and they even came out and said it in the pit game that he wasn't going to see the full workload because he had a nagging hamstring injury uh, mm-hmm. that hadn't appeared on the injury report beforehand. Dallas might be booking it in, but more importantly, I just don't think they see a season where they're going to be winning and Zeke's not getting his monster workload, which is why you drafted him because Zeke is not an efficient running back like an Alvin Kamara, a Dalvin Cook, or an Aaron Jones. He doesn't score his points because of three carries. He scores his points because he gets 25 and he's just not getting that anymore. Well, let me tell you, when Cam Irving is blocking for you, I get a little bit concerned. Um (laughs) because <laughs> he ruins your quarterback's ankles it's it's not great he he's not very good um okay so here's what i said about zeke it, yeah he i i have him as the rb5 it was either five or six now i don't i don't you said six but i just checked and he's six i think he got passed to last week i'm checking again right now uh he's fifth you're probably looking in standard and half oh, okay and in, in half point he's fifth by a point one point two points so it's very close and if Gurley scores another five touchdowns this week, he'll pass him. Um, well, I think Gurley and him are on bye this week. <laughs> oh, yeah, Gurley's <laughs> on bye too. You're right. Okay, so week after. Uh, but here's what I have on Zeke. So he's the RB5 and half-point scoring. He has not topped eight points since Dak 
got in, in the four full games without Dak. He added, you know, whatever it was against the Giants to end that game. But the four full games without Dak Prescott um, in the lineup, he has not topped eight points. He's like at 28 total points, averaging seven a game. That puts him at the RB31 in that stretch of four weeks. So I think that is a lot closer to who he is. I don't know if it's going to be that bad, but I think that's closer to who he is than the RB5 number easily um, the rest of the way. I also just don't think Tony Pollard looks like any worse of a player than him at this point. Um, I'm not saying Pollard is better, but Zeke just doesn't look like that same elite guy. Uh, obviously, bad blocking, getting met in the backfield, that'll do it. But just like even even when the blocking is, he just doesn't look quite as explosive. Maybe that is kind of, you know, maybe he's just not running as hard. And why should he? I mean, if we're being honest, why, why should he? So I'm not necessarily saying that. I don't know what I'm going to think uh, about Zeke coming into next year. That's going to be complicated. And obviously, it depends on who the quarterback is, too, whether or not it's a rookie, uh, Justin Fields, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, those guys, or whether or not it's Dak again. That's a whole other conversation for another day. But the reason why you can still get a good price for him, number one, we both talked about the name value. Number two, he faces four defense that are defenses in the bottom seven against running backs down the stretch. I think you could probably sell uh, somebody who is contending and trading to, to stack a title team, a title type team up. I think you could probably, you know, talk them into, you know, hey, like you're going to have Zeke at your flex. Like your team, you're like, you're, you're, you're set. Like you're going to have Zeke at your flex. Maybe he's your RB2 and you, you're stacked at receiver. Like, if he turns it around, like your team is set. Like, I think you can sell somebody on that argument. And even when it was good for him at the beginning of the year, a lot of his value was off receptions, 36 receptions this year. You know how many he has the last three games though? Four, oh, oh, wow. four receptions in the last three games. So it is trending in the wrong direction. Very much. So for Ezekiel Elliott, I am trading them away. I mentioned them in the Chubb trade. If you can't get that, I think maybe Zeke for Kareem Hunt straight up, you might be able to do that. Yeah, and I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, I've already eaten my mud for eating crow for what I said about Kareem Hunt. He's not a bust this season, and uh, he might be better with Chubb in that offense. Yeah, uh, and I, 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 typed, I also typed down uh, CEH and Daryl Henderson as two other guys that maybe you could, you could get. I also put Robert Woods, and that's kind of a cheat way for me to, to say trade for Robert Woods. I didn't put him on this list, but he's a guy I would trade for. And if you want to cross positions, I think you could probably get Robert Woods for Zeke. Yeah, and I would probably do that. I don't. I just don't think Zeke's going to win you any weeks anymore. Um, and you drafted him to be that guy, and you just need to dra- you need to trade for somebody who has an upside. I think Zeke might be a ten point cap at the end of the year. Uh, the only thing well, right right now it's eight point cap. Yeah. And right now, all you're really hoping for is there's some fluky, weird NFC East stuff that goes on because they play in the NFC East and, you know, he gets mm-hmm. like an 80 yard TD run. But again, he's never been that kind of player. He's been mm-hmm. a 10, 15 yard, 25 carry a game player. And that's why he's had so much value. Well, and he, 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 even if he does have some big weeks, which is very possible against a bad schedule, even with as bad as the Cowboys are, he has some big weeks. His situation is just such that. He could very easily, when you need him most, have a 15 carries for 23 yards game. Like he legitimately could do that. That's how bad that situation is there. Yeah. And another guy I would trade for him, and this actually happened in our league, um, but I would trade James Robinson for Zeke straight up. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, me, me too. But and, that's all uh, I have to say. I, if you have Zeke on your team, I would trade him ASAP this week. I wouldn't own him. Um, I wouldn't trade for him, more importantly, unless you need him as a, like Evan was saying, he's your flex value and you have a lot even, of depth. Even, even if he is, man. Like, th- th- think about what you're looking for at flex is usually the reason why you want him at your flex is the upside of him at your flex, but that it's just not there. If if you think it's there, I'm sorry. It just, it just hasn't been. Maybe that changes and maybe we're wrong. I know the schedule's been tough and it lightens up, but boy. If you were uh, a Zeke owner, would you trade Zeke for J.K. Dobbins? Real question. Uh, No, I probably wouldn't because if I'm a Zeke owner, that means I'm probably getting Dobbins back to be like my RB1 or 2 mm-hmm. unless I really hit on some guys. So I don't think I would do that, but I'd be more... I think I'd be looking more to trade him for a receiver because you're more likely to get good value if you cross positions, unless you can get a Kareem Hunt, CEH, Daryl Henderson. I think you're going to have better luck crossing over and you know, maybe Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Uh, you probably can't get Terry McLaurin. Maybe like Chris Goblin, there's concerns there, but I, he definitely has more upside still than, than Zeke. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I think we've exhausted the Zeke conversation. People know where we stand at this point. Um, start, sit, and stream. That's all we've got left. I want to just get through my start real quick, get a transition. I was going to transition right in from my number one to my start of the week because it's also Nick Chubb this week if he plays. Uh, so keep your eye on that. If, if he does not, I will give an updated one Sunday morning. He plays Houston. We know Houston is a very bad defense. If you're like, if you have Chubb, maybe you've hit on a couple other guys where it's like, ah, I've been fine with these running backs. I don't know if I want to put Chubb back in my lineup. Put Chubb back in your lineup. He's a top eight running back this week easily. Yeah, Nick Chubb has a great matchup this week. Uh, coming off by, should be rested and healed. That whole team should be ready to play. Um, I'm curious what his price is. I'm curious what his price is on DraftKings because I feel like it could be low coming off the injury. I would hope it would be at least a little lower. Although I think they freeze prices once a guy gets injured. Uh, my start of the week, uh, in the same vein as a running back, it's James Robinson. He plays the Packers. They've been mm-hmm. a really big funnel uh, run game. More, more importantly. James Robinson's one of the few backs who I wouldn't have expected to, but he gets a lot of passing work. He's going to get his carries. Somehow he is the RB4 this year. He's saved a lot of teams, uh, including a Zeke owner in one of our leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but James Robinson's in a great matchup to smash against a Packers defense that the worst game they've had was last week against Jarek McKinnon, and Jarek McKinnon still scored, I think, 12 or 13 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... If Kyle Shanahan didn't hate me, Jamichael Hasty would have been a great RB2 play for me last week against uh, against that defense. The Packers are real bad uh, against the run. Real, real bad. Like if the Niners didn't get down right away in that game, I'm still convinced they could have hung around because of how bad uh, the Packers rush defense is. They got ahead, but maybe that happens here. But even if it does, like you said, he gets the passing game work. Uh so Nick Chubb is 6,800 on DraftKings, which is one, two, three, four, the fifth highest back. So he's right at that top five mark. He's only 100 bucks more than Kareem Hunt, though. He's cheaper than James Conner. Uh, yeah, I think Nick Chubb might be on a DraftKings team of mine this week. Well, who's your set of the week? My set of the week, we, we talked about the 49ers a couple times. It is the 49ers running backs. I don't care who's playing. I don't even care if Mostert somehow is back early. But he's probably not going to be. Sounds like he's going to be out this week. Whether or not you have Tevin Coleman, you have Hasty, or maybe you have McKinnon. You played him last week. It worked out well. You're like, you know what? I'm going to ride the hot hand. Got news for you. Kyle Shanahan never rides the hot hand. He rides whatever hand he wants to ride at any particular moment, at any particular time. Um, you know what? 
I think you could drop Dalvin Cook from the sky into the 49ers backfield and he still wouldn't give him 20 carries. Yes, I'm exaggerating, but that's how freaking frustrating Shanahan is with his running backs. Um, well, and it's just great that Shanahan uh, somehow imparted his running back wisdom onto Sean McVay, who has also <laughs> chosen to take the same vein and just not. But run but anymore. even that, but even that, it's been more consistent there. And maybe if Mostert had been there the whole season, maybe it'd be a little more consistent there. But still, it it's just game the game there, man. It's like. You know, Roto World reports that Hasty's going to be the lead guy. We all think that's the truth. Turns out, you know, these coaches just aren't going to tell us. Um, especially Shanahan, he's just not going to not going to give us any clues. Uh, oh, they also play the Saints. I don't know if I mentioned that. Great rush defense. Uh, game script might not go Four uh, Niners way. I think it's pretty safe to say it won't. Maybe you get some passing game work, and one of those guys is probably going to be fantasy relevant. But man, good freaking luck figuring out which one it's going to be. Yeah, um, I mean, I was going to start Jarek McKinnon this week until other things fell into my lap, uh, <laughs> a la Christian McCaffrey. Um, but in the same vein, my set of the week is Mike Davis. We talked about him a little bit earlier. He plays a Buccaneers team that is incredibly good against the run. Uh, they are also a pass funnel. Teams pass against them in a neutral situation uh, 63% of the time. It's the second highest in the league. I don't know why teams pass against them because they have two of the best cornerbacks, allegedly, in Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. But they get passed on a lot. In addition, Mike Davis, even when CMC uh, was not healthy, was slowly getting phased out as a workhorse. Uh, he still does have the third highest missed tackle rate in the league. But uh, if you have Mike Davis on your team, you probably have to start him. But if you don't, I would look elsewhere. I don't know if he, I, don't, I think he has a pretty uninspiring week. Yeah, and I my guess is that he is a fine play this week. I don't think the upside is really there outside of like a kind of fluky high touchdown game. If you're just looking at yards, though, I don't think he's going to have a big game yardage-wise. The one thing that I think at least gives you a he has a he has a nice floor because he just catches so many passes. I mean, even with McCaffrey last week, he had five receptions. And I know the Falcons game, he only had one reception, but pretty much – Outside of that, he's basically a handful, at least, every game. He has 43 receptions this season, and I'm going to go look where that ranks amongst running backs, but I think that is probably, like, top five, at least. I think it would have to be. All right, give me give me your stream of the week, and I'm going to look this up. I'm sure we're going to end up having the same stream again, and it's going to be terrible. Is your stream coming off a bye? Yeah, it is. is. Playing the New York Giants? Uh, nope. Oh, uh, this is a guy that uh, quote Evan Riggs. You turn the game off and just check the score. <laughs> it's Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz is in a game against the New York Giants. He's coming off by teams off by weeks just perform better. They're getting Miles Sanders back. They get Jalen Rieger full health. They have mm-hmm. guys who are just ready to play. Apparently, uh, Alshon Jeffrey lives too. I guess. Yeah, well, Alshon Jeffrey has been just the immortal on the PUP uh, and somehow might play this week. But at the end of the day, it's a great matchup. Also, Carson Wentz is like second in the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Uh, so there's a high upside there that he can just somehow get in the end zone. So at the end, he's probably he was probably dropped after uh, uninspiring performance at Dallas. And it's probably worth your time if you need a streamer to go with Carson Wentz. I will say overall this year, it hasn't been the best year to stream quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it, it's been pretty uninspiring. Uh, Mike Davis, second among running backs in receptions at 43. Uh, Alvin Kamara has 60. He's way, 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 way far in front. He's actually Is this the first year Alvin Kamara doesn't have 
the exact same number of catches? I don't know. He might slow down, get 81 receptions. Uh, God, 60 receptions. That is tied for third in the league. That's just ridiculous. And he actually, he's caught 60 of his 72 targets. That's just insane. Even if they're all dump downs, that's still just insane. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you. Streaming has definitely been pretty hit or miss. Not to say that they haven't been guys out there, but it's like there's been a lot of guys who are in you know great spots who they they just haven't come through. It's been frustrating, which is kind of the name of the game sometimes when it comes to streaming. Uh, mine and I actually it's funny. I actually I typed down. I think I'm going to regret this. But, Don't tell me it's Baker Mayfield. Oh no! Although I have seen I have seen that buzz. I've seen that buzz. Uh, Jared Goff is is my stream, my stream of the week this week. Um, and some might remember I called exactly what was going to happen to the Rams uh, against the Dolphins. So maybe I'm just the Rams whisperer. But here's the thing about Jared Goff: they play the Seahawks. I think they're gonna the Seahawks are gonna have a little bit of a bounce back game. They were it was brutal the other day. The turnovers, the defense. Even though they had a bunch of sacks, they just got torched. Uh, the Rams are coming off a bye. They're five and three. They're a game back in the division, and the Rams still play the Cardinals twice and the Seahawks twice. So they've got basically anything is possible for them in that division. Um, Such a wide range of outcomes, whereas at least the Seahawks and Cardinals have played each other one time. So this is just a massive game for the Rams. Big for both teams, but especially big for the Rams. This, to me, feels like the ultimate, like Sean McVay, kitchen sink, gotta get a win, uh, you know, off a bye. They're going to have a great game plan. I think Goff is going to be set up for success. I think they're also going to have to to keep up with the Seahawks thanks to that bounce back week. Uh, and yeah, I, I think Goff is going to have a nice day. Um, it, I'm not going to say this one. You have to close your eyes and and watch this game, but or turn it off and check it in the morning. But maybe you like kind of you know hands over your eyes, like peek through every now and then because it could be a little dicey at times, like it is with Jared Goff. But I I'm think curious. Just because this popped in my head, mm-hmm. but in a vacuum, you're you're an NFL coach, and someone walks up to you and says, "These are the two picks you get a pick from. Would you rather have Carson Wentz as your quarterback or Jared Goff?" I think I would take Jared Goff. Um, he he's a he's at least I don't know. It's not that he's not mistake prone, but his mistakes are they're more like when he's just like being overwhelmed by a defense not because he's making incredibly dumb decisions. Like I just don't think you can coach out of Carson Wentz what he is at this point um, when it comes to like making these, these incredibly bad decisions. And sometimes it leads to great plays where he looks like, it's like, God, man, like why is this guy not one of the best five quarterbacks in the NFL? He has the tools, but I just think mentally something is missing from, from him. Whereas Goff, he's just a little bit more limited, but I think he actually mentally is is more more reliable than than Carson Wentz. I wonder how much that is with Sean McVay scheming him open looks. Um, oh yeah, but it's not like Peterson's a bad offensive coach either. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl there for crying out loud and yeah. put up like forty points. I will say, I think the weapons around the two. I think um, Jared Goff probably has the better weapons. I actually lean Carson Wentz, but I was just curious where you were on that one. Well, that's a pretty gross question, but I'll take I'll take Jared Goff. <laughs> it's a very gross question. Out of those two, but I guess we're going to end it on that. That's a pretty gross way to end it, but I I, I think we're good um, for today. And that's going to do it for episode twenty one of the Half Point per Podcast. Uh, definitely, you know, let us know what you think of these trade suggestions. If anybody pulls off a trade in their leagues, tweet at us at Half Point per Pod. Um, we'll be watching. 
um, for any of those. Or if you just have any questions in general about trades or anything like that, always feel free to hit us up on there. The live stream, once again, coming up this Sunday. Maybe I'll be joined by a couple of my good friends, Johnny and Dalton, this weekend. I think that, at least Dalton, um, I, I think that'll happen. Um, a show, The show is available anywhere you listen. Johnny, you look like you really want to say something. I'll let you interrupt before I finish. No, I said uh, I, I will make an appearance on Sunday. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll right. formally commit. You know, I had to give I had to give the gambling picks because you weren't there, and I was one for two. Are you, are you proud of me? It wasn't bad. And if they bet just those two games with the same amount of money, they actually came out ahead because I I gave them the Seahawks, but I also said bet the Dolphins straight up. I I am proud of you because I had a rough Sunday. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you told me about that. Maybe we should. Maybe it's a good thing you weren't on to give your gambling advice. At least you got the Dolphins money line out of me. Uh, <laughs> Our show is available anywhere you listen to your podcast, most notably Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. Again, go find us on Twitter. Also, the newsletter, as always, halfpointperpod.substack.com. Waivers. Uh, maybe we'll do more trade stuff um, in a week or two on there for people whose trade deadlines have still not passed. I know ours is a little bit earlier, but that's because you can deal draft picks in this league, so things can get a little hairy if you let that wait too much longer. Um But again, leave us a five-star review on iTunes, and we will talk to you guys on Sunday and then again next week for the pod.